You're listening to the Give Me Five Podcast, episode 86. This is the Gimme 5 Podcast, a semi-entertaining show about very entertaining things. We are your one-stop shop for pop culture, nostalgia, movies, music, theme parks, and uh, we live in Florida. So you will get the occasional story about like a meth addict having sex with an alligator while trying to stab his mom with a garden trowel. And I will amend that to say we are your weekly. Yes, we'll go with weekly stop. Not one stop. Yes. So my name is Greg. The person you just heard chiming in and correcting me is Rob. Hello, Rob. I got blisters on me fingers. <laughs> and the person that just laughed at Rob saying something weird is Jimmy. Yes, it's good to be back with you folks. Uh, your speculation was halfway correct. I uh, went to two baseball games in Tampa last week. Nice. And I have to say that the staff at Tropicana Field, awesome. Nice. Yeah, well, I know where you're going to go back. with that. We're, we're yes. glad to have you back because we do require some adult supervision. We'll get to that. Yeah. So, as I said before, we discuss pop culture, entertainment, nostalgia, all that stuff. This week, we are going to talk about Aladdin, Secret Life of Pets 2, which actually is not out yet. But I did Uh get a chance to go to a... uh, Yeah, I did get a chance to see a little bit of a sneak preview of that. Nothing special. Uh, It was because I have Fandango and could buy tickets early for our theater. So I did. Very cool. And uh, the Netflix original film, Rim of the World. So and, much fun. Uh, yeah, yeah, it really was. And after we get done with all that, we do a top five list relating to our topics. And this time we're going to take you to the world of uh, camping movies, I believe. Yes, so we are. Because I'm around. back and we're going to talk about something nice, you <laughs> dicks. I don't know what you're talking about. What a what, depressing <laughs> question last week. Oh, my whatever, God. Whatever could you mean? Uh, the can question you, I had for this week was going to be the movie where the dog lives. Can Can you believe he didn't even have Old Yeller on his list? Mm, or like, It was the way I phrased the question. It was, where the red fern it. grows. Oh. It, well, yeah. Anyway, yeah. let's move on to more uplifting. So this is a review show, guys. There's probably going to be spoilers, maybe definitely in the situation of Secret Life of Pets 2, since nobody's I will not seen spo- it yet. I'm not going to spoil that movie. Okay. I will, We're going to try. Going to, it's going to be a review, but it's going to be a very vague review. Okay. okay. Greg decided not to be a jerk this week. We'll try to avoid any major twists, but as always, guys, if we're talking about something you haven't seen, read, or watched, uh, yes, seen, read, or listened to yet, then use your own discretion. You might want to come back and listen to it after you've had your opportunity to not have it spoiled. Did did anything batshit crazy happen this week? Yeah. <laughs> Always. <laughs> yeah. Okay, go ahead. Uh, Niantic and the Pokemon Company announced that they will be um, – I, I thought this was a joke, uh, but they are introducing Pokemon Sleep. What is that? Okay. So it's Pokemon Go for bedtime. Um, Pokemon Go really did kind of launch a revolution of getting people outside and they really kind of married the, um, you know, the, the current tech culture where, you know, you're, you're everywhere you go, you see a kid with a a phone in their face and they're watching YouTube or, or stuff like that. Well, you know, Pokemon Go really watching as they cross the crosswalk, right? Uh, Pokemon Go, you know, really kind of took that and said, well, why don't you do that and go outside? And get some damn exercise. Um, and now they're introducing a device that you will put next to your pillow and it will track your sleep and reward you for good sleeping habits. So it sounds like a very cavalier kind of thing. Um, it was announced, um, last Tuesday. I'm absolutely 100% going to get one and, uh, I'm moving in with my girlfriend in a couple of weeks and I'm going to 3d print dedicated holders for those and put them on our walls. (laughs) So, uh, I don't know. It's it's super weird. Will it interface with the Pokemon go? Because that would, okay. Cause it would seem kind of stupid to just have them be two separate games. No, it will send your sleep data to the app and instead of rewarding you for the amount of walking that you do every day, it will reward you for the amount of sleeping that you do every night. 
or if you work nights, then the amount of sleeping you do every day. So I, don't know, I think it's pretty cool. Um, as long as it doesn't try and control my brain or anything like that, then we're good. Oh, it'll most definitely do that. Probably, yeah. Other than that, um, I just have one more thing. It's not so crazy, but uh, I'm sure Greg will uh, provide us with some crazy news. Perhaps you will. But the Orlando Fringe Festival, uh, number 28, um, just wrapped up last week. It's the longest running in the country, so yay, Orlando. Yay! And for me, I look forward to this every year. Uh, Orlando Fringe is, you guys are familiar with it, but I'm not too sure if any of our other listeners are. It's a theater festival where, you know, for almost, uh, what was it, like two weeks this year, um, every day at a little, uh, like, like theater complex that we have, they run, uh, performances, you know, pretty much all day, every day up until midnight for, you know, however long. And it's such a cool experience. There's food vendors, there's tents, there's all kinds of stuff. And for the past three years, I have really been focused on going to see shows from, uh, the performing group, James and Jamesy. And I saw two of the shows done by their performers this year, uh, Two for Tea and Ink. I have to say they were absolutely incredible if they come around again. Say them are, are they more comedy-based? Are they more oh, drama, man. improv? I, I know very little about French, other than what you just said. Well, okay, so James and Jamesy, the shows that they put on are, are all of the above. Oh, okay. Um, there are some shows that run at Fringe that are a lot more serious. There are like almost game show type settings. There are dance numbers. There are musical performances, but they're all contained with an hour to like an hour and a half, an hour and 15 minutes. Um, I'm super excited to announce that we will have Alistair Knowles and Aaron Malkin from James and Jamesy on the show next week. So oh, okay. maybe Greg, you, you can uh, ask them. Yeah, I definitely. I mean, I was there. It was it was right next to the science museum, so I was I was right there. Mm-hmm. I saw I saw the event from afar. But it's great. You, you know, you 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 uh, all the proceeds for the shows go to the artists. The way that Fringe makes the money that they need to operate is they sell pins. So you have to buy a pin to get in. Um, but it's just a great time. They have entertainment outside while you're waiting for your shows. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's really cool. I can't wait to talk to these guys and find out, find out more about the lives of, of touring theatrical acts. So that's my news. Can't wait. Please join us for that interview. Nice. Well, I got a little bit of a throwback news and then, uh, I guess, uh, a way throwback news. My first, the little throwback is apparently there is a new Contra game coming. Contra oh, really? was one of my all-time favorite games. I think that if I made a top 10 of all time, it would still be in there somewhere. One of the best couch co-ops. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, couch co-op. That's a great time. And I'm sure that anyone that has ever played it knows up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA, BA, start. The Konami code. Yeah. Which, of course, gave, a, what was it, 20 lives, if I remember correctly? 30. Was 30 lives, yeah. which you needed because yeah. Contra was hard as hell. Um, so the, they are... Apparently, there is a new Konami uh, version of Contra coming out. Uh, the release date looks like it is August 29, 2019. And they said to kind of proceed with caution because that it doesn't seem like a release date day, like it's a Saturday or Sunday or something. But um, it looks like there's something coming. I There'll be, show, there'll yeah, be a trailer it, soon from what I saw. Yeah, it's a collection. Okay. Um, from the games from various parts around the world. So I, I don't know what kind of new content will be in there. Um, it's funny that you bring that up. And this is a quote from a friend that has stuck with me for many, many years. I, I haven't spoke with him in equally the same amount of time, but a many, guy, many years. <laughs> yeah, a guy that I worked with at Target, um, I used to stock the floors and we went out one day with our little buggy and we were stocking the, uh, toilet paper aisle and, and Kurt just, says the most poignant thing to me he says life's like a game of contra you always do a backflip when you die <laughs> and i just looked at him and i was that's like, the name of the episode life's like a game of contra i was like okay man sure yeah love contra can't wait yeah. and the other little thing here 
this I just thought was kind of funny and, well, we'll say ironic. Uh, some of you guys might know that there is a Noah's Ark Museum. And it was, I'll say, founded by a guy named, well, I'm not going to say his name. I don't want to give him any credit. But he is a yeah. literal translation of the Bible, young earth creationist who is constantly debating with Bill Nye about his mythology. The Lannister guy? What? The Lannister guy? Yes. Gargamel. Yes, Gargamel. No, no. The actual real Bill Nye. About, you know, science and mythology, basically. And he opened up a Noah's Ark theme park that is in a giant, uh, how big it's, uh, it's big. It's a 510 foot long model of Noah's Ark. Uh, there's been a bunch of problems with that one. Cause he's a big scam artist, but he promised a, that in Northern Kentucky, there'd be a bunch of people coming. And while they have some people that show up every once in a while, there's mostly on most days it is empty. They, there was a huge tax break, like an $18 million tax break. So it was a big tax scam that didn't mm-hmm. get thing, but whatever. The point of the story is that just the other day they got they are opened up a lawsuit with their insurance company because Noah's Ark had flood damage ah! Hey-o! Ah! From, from a rainstorm. Mm. Uh, apparently, the rainstorm caused one million dollars in property damage. You know what I have to say to that? Like, wow, no, life, life's My just heart. like a game of contra, man. You always yep. do a backflip when you die. Wow, Rob, what you got? Um, well, I, I. Huh. I don't have much this week. I've been tied up uh, since uh, this weekend. Like literally? Yeah, literally. It Ooh. was super awesome. Saucy. Um, no, I, I, I had an issue with my AC this weekend. Of course, it always happens like in the summer, right? Yeah. It seems like everybody has. Well. That's me knocking on wood. Okay. My my issue was that my um, – I, I noticed that the vent downstairs was starting to leak, and apparently my – my AC, my AC condenser line drain line was clogged. So I looked it up. I tried to do all the, all the stuff that the, uh, you know, I, I did the bleach. Well, I did. Well, no, I couldn't do Vinegar. that because it was already overflowing. Oh. Um, so I, uh, I did the YouTube search for how to clear a drain line, uh, AC drain line. And they, you know, they recommended the shop back. So I now own a shop back. I went and tried that and it seemed like it worked, but I was still having it. But when I did the initial check, you know, it looked like my AC unit was a little corroded. And so I, I just called the guy to come out to do a service check and take a look at it, make sure it was okay. Well, by the time, by the time the morning rolled around, the 90 drain bucks line, later. The, well, no, no, the, by the time morning rolled around, the drain had filled up again. So it was still mm. clogged. So the, the vacuum thing didn't really work. Um, and then I'm trying to figure out how to get it, how to, how to fix it. So I try the vacuum thing again, and now I can't get anything. The AC guy shows up, you know, they charged me 140 bucks. He, he pressure blasts it with, uh, some compressed air. Yeah. Looks like it, looks like it clears up. So we pack up, you know, I pay for the 140 bucks service charge and, um, we go get some vinegar because that's how he tells us to maintain it, you know, monthly. And by the time we get back from Walmart, the damn thing's clogged up the damn things backed up again and i'm like what the f dude meanwhile jimmy and i are like do you want to go there with a gallon of water this time he's at walmart come on do it yeah exactly and and so so i'm trying to figure out what to do because now they're telling me that well it sounds like the the pipe is broken and you're and we're gonna have to install a condensate pump and that's like 750 bucks kidding me how and also, if the pipe is broken, how was the water backing up? I don't understand. Would wouldn't it just be leaking away somewhere? Um, oh, yeah. So I I did another search, and in a last ditch effort, I tried something that I found on YouTube before I spent the seven hundred and fifty bucks. And I'll be damned if it didn't friggin' work. I was like, what? Yes. What, so what basically, basically, if you have an AC drain line that you can't unclog that you're having issues with, and you've tried everything else. What you can do is you can take the shop vac to the source point, so the to the AC unit, take the shop vac to the AC unit, requires two people, take the shop vac to the AC unit, set it up and have it ready to go. Then somebody at the end point, the one outside by where the air handler unit usually is, mm-hmm. you take a hose and you connect a you you put a hose up against the 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 distal end, if you will, ah. and you turn it on and you shoot water backwards through the system and you have the shop back ready to suck the water up as it comes up. 
And the theory is, is that sometimes the drain gets really, or the clog gets really stuck going the way that it normally goes. But if you push it back the other way, it just pops right out. And I'll be damned if that didn't work. It, I, we, we put up the hose and she's, Jen was up here with the shop back. She's like, oh, I can feel it. It's already up here. So it was <laughs> almost instantaneous that it was coming up. So she had the shop back on and was just sucking it all up as I pushed it through. If that wasn't, if he wasn't talking about Jen there, I would have, I would have said something offensive, but I won't. Yeah. <laughs> So, so little tip for your homeowners: if you've got an AC line that won't unclog, give that a shot, and it yeah. it just might clear it out for you. Yeah, not yeah. not the best radio, but it might have saved someone 150 bucks. So. It probably or, did, or 750 bucks, like it saved me. Yeah, there you go. You're welcome, America. There you go. Our little PSA. Uh, well, guys, then I think it's time for snap decisions. Snap decisions. <laughs> Just a heads up, let's keep this a little short because I have a feeling we're going to have a chance to talk about this in a little bit because it is relating a little bit, or it's relating a lot to one of our topics. A lot bit. Yeah, it's really completely relating to one of our topics, but just the way we have the show mapped out, just wanted to ask it here. Of course, they're doing a lot of remakes and or live action, and I'm doing that in quotes, so Rob doesn't have a conniption about The Lion King. Mm-hmm. Uh, live action versions of previously animated movies. Uh, I thought those were all real animals. They were very well trained lions and orangutans yeah. and uh, I don't know that they that they taught to talk by sticking peanut butter on the roof of their mouth exactly mm-hmm. yeah Duh. so they're making all these new remakes uh, you know with mm-hmm. the newer technology and stuff like that uh, do you think that when they do that that they should change major plot points stick to basically a complete straight retelling of what the original source material was mm. or just not do it all together? Knowing that we don't actually see any of that money from those movies. So, like, if you weren't actually seeing money from the decision, what do you think? Ooh. Well, I guess I'll go first. Okay. Uh, As long as the the treatment to the movie, and I'll I'll try and keep this quick, is um, lovingly crafted. Uh, We we talked about Critters very recently, and it was, you know, a a reimagining, but as I said, lovingly crafted, then I think it's, it's cool. I'm, I'm on board with that. Now with Aladdin, I have absolutely no interest in seeing that movie. I, you know, when I heard about it, I was like, dude, but Robin Williams is gone. Like, don't touch it. And uh, on the same coin, I said the same thing about Jumanji and that was pretty funny. I, I, but- I I'd love to see a good reimagining of Friday the 13th whenever that gets out of legal limbo I I feel like Aladdin was more of a cash grab than anything else so as long as it's not a cash grab and it's it's just a a a loving retreatment then it's fine I don't you don't really need to change you don't need to tell me that Jason Voorhees was actually not you know left to drown at a lake you don't need you know Keep you know, it the way it is. Explain why he came back, all that stuff. Like, just yeah, just keep going forward, Rob. You know, if, and people who listen to the show probably as well. I am not a huge fan of. Um, I think it's lazy. I, I think, I think it's indicative that they don't have a lot of ideas left. Yeah, it certainly can be. I agree. Um, and I certainly don't think that you should change any major plot point to to push your movie. If if you if you want to do something like that, just make a new friggin' movie. Don't rely on all the people who think that they're getting a remake of this movie and trick them and say, "Oh, ha ha!" You know, the the hero is really the villain. You know, it's like, no, you're screwing up a you're screwing up something that people like, and you're tricking them into coming to the movie. So, no, you shouldn't change major plot points. You should stay true to the source material. But all of that being said, if you don't have anything new to offer, you shouldn't make it either. You know what I mean? So there's there's got to be some kind of twist or something new involving this. Otherwise, there's no reason to make it. Does that make any sense? I'm okay with like the wicked format where you're where you're seeing the same story through the eyes of someone else. Yes, yes, the, and th- that's what I mean by having something. Yeah, new. that's why I brought that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So i I think re- I think a lot of remakes are just lazy, and I. I may not be in the majority here, but I think a lot of these Disney remakes are just cash grab. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think everyone thinks that. Okay. On my end, I'm I'm a little torn. One, the more kid movies that are out, 
that I know the content of I'm it's better off because my kid loves going to movies and he gets excited about them. It, it sparks his imagination. On the other hand, when it's a remake, I do find myself very bored or I find myself going in like, okay, I wonder what that ballroom scene is going to look like or what it's going to look like now. Like, yeah. Like what's it going to look like in real life? Or what is the what? what is Aladdin running through the city like during the the thievery thing going to look like? Or what about this movie makes it worth me spending eighty bucks to take my family to when <laughs> I, I could have just watched I, it at home for free? I think it was ended up being sixty for the three of us, Ooh, including one pop, including one popcorn or one thing of candy and a free popcorn. Okay, yeah. Um, so on that end, yeah the the only time I'm really interested in remakes is when. There was a movie that was a good idea, but that technology wasn't there in the past in order mm-hmm. to make it a good movie. We're like, there's so many movies we've talked about, like, oh, that's so great. And I run out, I rush out and buy it. And you're like, oh, wow, that didn't mm-hmm. look good at all, as good as I remembered. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking Flight of the Navigator or Last Starfighter or Crawl, which I still love them. Right. But then you go back and look and you're like, oh, that's really bad green screen or that looks terrible or that's shifting or, you know, whatever. Those are the yeah. type of things I want to see remade with a modern Or that's a great picture of a guy flying on a moth. Yes. Yeah. Well, that is a great <laughs> picture of a guy flying on a moth. Um, Your... I, I think uh, I'll, I'll say one final thing. Recently, and I was having this discussion with my students today in between all the craziness that happened is I'm always – well, now I'm more like, okay, who's directing it? So Taika Waititi has been announced as directing the live-action Akira film. I know. If it was anybody else, I would not be excited for it. Robert Rodriguez, Alita Battle Angel. You know, an adaptation of another anime to the big screen, I'm okay with it. Um, God, who's the other one I was thinking of? But if the director well, you mentioned Guy Ritchie being associated with Aladdin, which blew your mind, which is it blew my mind because the man from Uncle Lockstock, Two Smoking Barrels, Snatch, like it's such a big departure that I think it was just like a cash grab for him. Whereas I think other directors will treat it, you know, very well and and do justice to it. I, I can't imagine that Aladdin actually was. So I'll say that now. Await your and review. I, I was going to say, I, I know that we kind of stepped all over you, Greg. Were, were you done with this no, no, decision? No, Did I'll, you make your I'm point? Okay. So I believe that takes it to a close. Mm-hmm. Excellent. As I said earlier, this is going to be an early release review of Secret Life of Pets 2, which actually comes out this coming weekend. So as you were listening to this episode, um, this movie will be probably coming out for that night. So... Uh, has the voice acting of Kevin Hart, Patton Oswalt, Harrison Ford, Eric Stone, Treat, Stone Street, Jenny Slate, and Tiffany Haddish, okay. uh, who plays a Shih Tzu. Watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. Woof. Woof. Shih Tzu. Woof. Shih Tzu. <laughs> Damn it, Pantera. <laughs> Go to your room. <laughs> that, of course, was a clip from Beavis and Butthead. Yes. I can't say Shih Tzu without that happening, but it's not going to happen again. Anyway, uh, as I said, I'm not going to spoil this thing. It It's good if you liked the first Pets movie, then you'll like this one. If you are a pet owner, you'll like it because they definitely do a little do a little bit of fun stuff with the weird things that particularly cats do. I would say that if you see the trailers, like the trailers are weird for this type of movie where it's just a series of vignettes, right? Like, do you guys remember when Frozen was when Frozen had all the trailers out and it didn't really tell you at all what the movie was about? Mm-hmm. Nope. Like, the trailer was just Olaf and Sven, like, arguing over the carrot, basically. I yeah. think it was, like, on, on, like, an icy lake or something. Mm-hmm. And it was like, okay, this movie's cute, but, like, you just didn't know what it was about. They didn't say anything. And then all of a sudden the movie blew up, and then the trailers kind of changed a little bit. And this one is a little bit like that in that the trailers are just vignettes of the pets doing weird things. You know, like the little Pomeranian in the in the washing machine, like, using it as a spa. Or I think there was, what, like a dachshund using a a mixer as a back massager, just little things like that. The cat trying to wake someone up. So we went into the movie knowing nothing other than there was going to be cute pets. And so it's a very interesting movie. It actually takes a long time for the plot to happen, which I thought was interesting because this is not spoilery. Uh, Usually something will happen to like the main character and it caught like, and it derails them, right? Mm -hmm. Like they'll lose a big karate match, right? Or lose a fight. And then they go and they train and train and train and train. Mm-hmm. And they come back and fight the same thing, or they're scared of fire, and then they, you know, whatever. You, you know the point. You know the way the plot thing works. This one works different. Like, there's just stuff happening for the first three quarters of the movie, and then it kind of turns out okay at the end. Like, 
he he learns stuff before it actually becomes a real problem. Who's he? It's uh, the dog. The dog is, I think, named Max. So, so in a, in another in another reference to the same thing that you just did, it's like the Karate Kid where he's actually learning the uh, the the moves all along, and then realizes that he has the talent or has the the skills to be able to address it as it pops up. Yeah, like imagine there was no bullying scene at the beginning. He just was he like is like like he got home. His mom's like, "You should take karate." Since we lived in this new state, I'm like okay, I'll take karate. He does karate. He realizes he's good at it, and then needs to use it later on. Yeah. So like, imagine all of the bullying girlfriend stuff didn't happen at the beginning. As far as I could see, like tell, like I'm, I'm trying to think back, and it's of course a kids movie, so we're, I'm getting deeper than I really need to. Look, I always look, I. Yeah, exactly. And so there's there's stuff like that. Um, I will say that this movie is actually less scary than the first Secret Life of Pets. Really? Because the first one had that creepy ass snake. With, like, one fang and, like, a twitchy eye and whatever. This one doesn't have any scary snakes. And, you know, the other thing is, like, there eventually is a villain. He's very one-note. You know, you don't really get to know a lot about him. He's just generic, mean guy. So, I would say not as good as the first one. But, honestly, if it was just a series of short movies about animated pets doing silly things, I would still want to see it. Mm-hmm. Because they're they're sweet and funny. Um, definitely a yeah. matinee-type movie. Okay. Okay. And, you know, it's, and Kevin Hart is always awesome. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate how much you avoided spoilers in that because I really want to see it now. Yay! Woof. Woof. <laughs> Shitsu. Woof. Shitsu. <laughs> so from Secret Life of Pets, we'll move on to another family film that was released uh, just this past week, I believe. Yes. And it is a remake. And it is a remake of a classic film that I really enjoy. Um, I can't really say as a kid. Well, no, technically I did. That was what, our freshman year in high school, Greg? 92? I, I think so. Yeah, 91, 92 was our... So Aladdin was remade, and it was... I, oh, boy. Following the remake of Dumbo, but ahead of the remake of Lion King. Yes. The way yes. you're talking about this, and, well, I don't no. know. And, and apparently I just found out that they're also planning on doing a live-action remake. <clears throat> Which, which I'm not sure how. I'm. Okay. Because the rumor is that Josh Gad is and sing. He's definitely well, more comedic. But I don't know that he's got the range to do Quasimodo. Quasimodo has a much more powerful, voice, and yes, he is far less. So we'll we'll see how that goes. But the the movie Aladdin is a live action remake of the 1992 animated. Uh, the director was Guy Ritchie, and it stars very famously Will Smith, who is replacing the late Robin Williams. As You've got Mina Masood, who is playing Jasmine. No, Mina Masood, I'm sorry, is playing Aladdin. Naomi Scott is playing Jasmine. And Naomi Mar- Scott, uh, at, there's a couple shots in there. She looked exactly like a brunette, Sarah Michelle Gellar. Oh, but really? There's just a couple scenes. Uh, the When they're flying on the carpet, she looks at him, and I'm like, who does she look like? I was like, oh, yeah, look at that. Oh, I, I didn't get that. And Marwan Kanzari, who I believe is Jafar, uh, correct? Uh, yes, yes, I believe so. Yeah, Marwan Kanzari is. So like I said, this is a remake of the 92 animated film. This one is still a kid's movie. And there is the the one scene that I was really looking forward to seeing to see how they would do it because I was like, oh man, we've got such great CG. We can do this now and this will be awesome. And then it wasn't there. I was like, oh. I was gotta- surprised. I was so worried because this movie also marked, we the only way we could see it and still get home in time, mm-hmm. we had to see the 3D version. And it was okay. the very first 3D movie that my kid ever saw. Mm-hmm. And when the first like little sand like genie sparkles floated in the air and he like reached out and tried to grab him, I'm like, oh crap, when that giant snake comes, there's gonna be problems. No giant snake. There was not a giant snake. And I have to say I was a little disappointed. I was because too. I, I was looking forward to some really great CG with that giant snake, and it wasn't. Not at all. But the movie did look very nice. It was it was uh Greg's notes here says beautifully produced, but largely pointless. And in fact, that is exactly what it was. I saw this quote, and I usually, you know, all of our opinions about critics for the most part. Uh-huh. This was from the New York Times, and most of the guy's thing was a little highfalutin. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this quote I liked uh, Aladdin, the new live action re whatever, with a blue Will Smith popping out of a lamp, may not be the worst product of the current era of legacy of intellectual pl- property exploitation, which I love that phrase. The mm-hmm. intellectual property exploitation. It's likely that the worst is yet to come, but like most of the others, it invites a simple question: Why? And of course, the answer in the next paragraph is money. But yeah, 
Absolutely. And that is that is exactly why this was. They're they're running out of ideas, so they're dipping into the well for a second time to just pump out a bunch. And they are pumping these out. I mean, we've got Dumbo, we've got Aladdin, we've had Beauty and the Beast. Um, is this there's there's going to be like two or three more this year, isn't there? Uh, the sequel to it's not really a remake, but the sequel to uh, the one about the evil queen. Oh, Maleficent, yeah. Yeah, the sequel to Maleficent's coming. Uh, they did Beauty and the Beast. They haven't done uh, the Little Mermaid yet, but it's coming. Yeah, like once they saw what they could do with Aquaman, you knew, you know, that people they were taking notes. Yeah, it's it's definitely coming. And like I said, I heard that they're doing Hunchback, which kind of makes me cringe. But Oz, I think that that kind of started the whole thing. But it wasn't I, really. A re- I will say that all in all, the movie itself was okay, even if it was unnecessary. It was okay. The they had two really big faux pas, two really big glaring errors, if you will, in mm-hmm. the mo- not errors, but two two huge things that I just can't like forgive in oversights. a movie like this. Um, they had two characters who couldn't really sing, and and that was that was my biggest problem was that Mina Masood, who played Aladdin, excellent dancer, did the acting portion very well. But he really was not very good at the singing parts. And it he he cleaned it up a little bit in A Whole New World. I had less to complain about there. But it was really, really bad in One Jump Ahead, which is the... Op- uh, no, it's the second. I was going to say it's the opening. It's the second song in the movie. And I was like, man, can he just not sing? What is going on? I don't understand. This sounds terrible. And... In a movie that is a musical, that's kind of unforgivable, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I actually didn't catch that, but I immediately tune out whenever, like I can, and during a musical when they start singing, I can fall asleep almost immediately. It's it not on purpose, not trying to be rude, it just happens. And the other one that I had a huge problem with, and it was with the genie, but my problem with the genie was not that Will Smith was playing, because all in all, I thought Will Smith did a fine job. I mean, he he I did... did he did as good of a job as you can do with a role that was written specifically for someone else. Mm-hmm. I mean, that role was written for Robin Williams. And there is nobody that is going... And I going... think they let him riff on it. So yeah. it wasn't just that it was written on it. It was like, here, oh, by the way, have fun with this. Go. And there is there is nobody that is going to do that role like Robin Williams. And he is not available. He can't reprise the role. It's not anything that's going to happen. So unfortunately, this is what we got. And as far as Will Smith's genie goes, he was fine. I had no problems with Will Smith as the genie. Now, where I did have a problem was, and this was where I was kind of surprised, Will Smith can't sing. I was I was shocked. I I listened to Friend Like Me, and I'm like, terrible. What is what is going on it here? It was like it was almost talk singing. Yeah, and I was like, this this isn't Friend Like Me. What is, what are we doing? What? Why would you destroy this song like this? I don't get it. This is terrible. What happened? And to me, the having people who can't actually sing the parts or not having people who can step in for them to sing those parts, having people that like like they've done in all of the animated films because the the people who who do the characters aren't always the ones who do the singing parts. And he, and he did sing Robin Williams sang friendly like me. Interesting. Yeah, he did. That's what you heard and, frantically typing in the background. And it was it was just inexcusable to have two characters who couldn't sing two of the most iconic songs from the movie. There's uh, three there's three songs from that movie that I consider to be the the heavy hitters in that movie. One is a whole new world. That's number one. Number two is Friend Like Me, which they butchered, and number three is One Jump Ahead. Those are the three main songs from that movie, and they butchered two of the. Th- now I, as I said earlier, I think always look go into these movies like looking for certain parts and when they kind of breezed through the chase scene at the beginning with all of the the guards you know chasing after aladdin like i wanted it to look and feel more almost like an indiana jones movie because i've been quote-unquote jonesing for an indiana jones movie uh-huh. like treasure like i wanted that scene to go on longer than it actually did mm-hmm. because i just i don't know just you know jumping and bouncing off of the the stall the curtain stalls and swinging and you know like it was decent but i wanted actually more of that and one of the other things i noticed just with the costuming some of the costumes were really 
beautiful, but they looked like costumes. They it looked everything looked so pristine and so clean and so mm-hmm. perfect that there were a few sequences that not that I've seen a million Bollywood movies, but I've seen enough Bollywood movies where every all the colors are perfectly bright. You can practically see the sets like where the, like, you know, that right off to the left is a bunch of people like at a craft table and mm-hmm. getting coffee and stuff and the way they're moving around. So it just it didn't look like a lived in world. And right. when I start like as you're kind of zoning th- out through a movie, I was like, I saw these sequences. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's like a Bollywood sequence. And I'm like, wait, not the right country. And that immediately pulled me out of the movie. Yeah. I was like, okay. And, so there, there and are actually one, a few parts where I zoned out. And there was one scene that pulled me out of the movie, a whole scene. And it was, it was the new musical number for the movie. And, and I actually leaned over to Jen and I'm like, is she magic? What, what just happened? Do you know the scene I'm talking about? Yeah. Like the, yeah, the new song what was it? like, I forget the name of like shameless or I, I will not go speechless or whatever. That's speechless. That's what it was. Yeah. And and they wanted to give her her big moment, but to do that, they did this weird like time stoppage thing where everybody kind of disappeared, and she had yeah, she was like this... walking through that that fountain area, and yeah, and she was and, like tapping and, people; they were dusting basically. Yeah, people are just like kind of disappearing, like it's a dream sequence, and I'm like, what the hell is going on? She Thanos? Yes. Yeah, well, and then and then all of a sudden at the end of the sequence it snaps back and she's there and I'm like, was that the hell was that that it, it made no sense in the flow of the movie and I was like, all right, whatever, yeah, no, stop. That was a that was a little bit of Guy Ritchie being Guy Ritchie because he does mm-hmm. occasionally do that. It was it was dumb. Yeah, it was probably around the time I zoned out too. Actually, it was like almost dead center in the movie. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought the animals were well done. Mm-hmm. I did think that. I thought the the tiger looked great. Uh, I actually liked the the treatment of the bird. Of Iago, right? Yes. Yeah. I like the treatment of that. I thought the actors were all good other than your your issues with the, the very singing parts, which I'm not the one to judge on that. Um, so I thought the casting I, was really good. I honestly didn't even mind the um, the changing in the story to uh, – yeah, oh, can I can I spoil it? Can I do that? The the bookend? Like the beginning and end? The No. No, no, no. The the changing of the, of the law, basically. Oh. Where, yeah. where I mean, in, instead of the sultan changing the law, they make it so that, that Jasmine is allowed to become the sultan because she can't become the sultan because she's a girl. So it's one it's another one of those girl power moments. But they you know, they, they change it so that she's allowed to just become sultan and then she can change the law to marry whoever she wants. I yeah. didn't even have a problem with that. I'm like, whatever. But the, the, the most the most egregious things for me in this movie were casting people who couldn't sing the roles and when they can't sing the roles, not not having somebody to stand in for their singing. Mm-hmm. That's that's inexcusable in a movie like this where it's based upon or you know, people come to it and they expect All right, Greg. So all of that being said, what is your what is your give me five podcast rating on this? If it's just you wanting to see a movie, I would just wait for it to come on video. If you are dreading the fact that summer is coming and you have to find a way to keep your child entertained and your kid likes that likes movies and your kid likes the original, then I would say it's a good afternoon movie. Uh, you know, it's a good matinee movie. You don't need to see it in 3d, although I did. And yeah, so I'd say it's, if you have a kid and you want to bring a kid to a movie, do that. But if it's just you wanting to see something new, there's way better movies out there. You, if you've seen the animated Aladdin, you've seen a better version of you don't need to see this. You can wait for video. If, if you're a Disney nut and you have to own it, or you have to see it, wait for You're not missing. So instead, you should go see John Wick 3. <laughs> <laughs> also, excellent kids movie. Yeah. You mean Michael Myers Wick 3? So, well, let's let's uh, do our last topic here. And Rob sent um, out a text. I Yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. I'm really insolent. <laughs> Man, you guys are on this different page than me again. You didn't really? like it at all? I thought it was entertaining, but I thought it was terrible. Oh, stop. I had some issues with it, so yeah. the I thought, actually I'll, okay. I liked the I actually liked the kids mm-hmm. quite a bit. Mm-hmm. My problem didn't have anything to do with that. My problem had a lot to do with the writing. But after I didn't look at anything about it, and after it, I when I saw who wrote it and who directed it, I was like, oh, that's exactly why I didn't like it. Yeah, I get that. So, but uh, yeah, so we are talking about rim of the world here. And uh, just real quick, Rob sent out a text like, did you hear about this movie? You should, we should all watch it. So we did. And Jimmy, take it away. 
Sure. Rim of the World is a Netflix exclusive. It's directed by Mick G. It's M-C-G. Yes. So the fact that he goes by that is one thing. It makes you kind of want to punch him in the face. Yeah, it's the kind like when you meet someone and they're like, no, call me Tiny. Like, no, you call yourself Tiny. I'm not going to call yourself Tiny. Do you know that he wrote the song Fly? (laughs) I did not know that. Yeah. Did you know that? Uh, no, I didn't, but. I just want to fly. Yeah. <laughs> Which is an awful song. Uh, yeah. Call me, call me Ice. What? Yeah. No. Mm-mm. I'm going to call you by your given name because you made that nickname up for yourself. That is Mick G, director of The Babysitter, which we, I think we all really enjoyed, or at least. Rob doesn't remember that movie. Okay. Uh, I know we talked about it. Greg and I really enjoyed it. And he's also directed a bunch of videos for shitty music. Um, Which is where he got to start. Yeah. And I, I'm going to offend some some people here. Probably uh, the shitty music I'm referencing is Smash Mouth, Sublime, Bare Naked Ladies, Corn. Like, seriously? You're like, what, four for four there of things I don't like? Yeah. They're not good. <laughs> but that's how he made his money. He's been the executive producer on a lot of a lot of other things. Uh Supernatural, for example. Yeah. Mm. But this movie, if you're a fan of Stand By Me, The Goonies, Explorers, etc., you'll you'll dig this. Um it's a very and while it's not set in the eighties, it it does have an eighties kind of vibe to it where it in uh the the beginnings of the movie so this movie is about an alien invasion. Go ahead, Rob. I was gonna say, how did I describe this to you when I when I told you about it? I said it was. Um, um, let me look what up is that it? text. Right oh now. yeah, I said I said this movie is Goonies meets Independence Day meets Terminator meets Aliens with some special appearances by the dog from Ghostbusters. Yeah, so yeah. it's okay. it's a big Sorry. mashup of of things that you know I I definitely liked um, and I do like. Um, it's a alien invasion film. Mm-hmm. And these these kids with uniquely different backgrounds, yes. they all come together at a summer camp. And it, it's very quick. I mean, this isn't a huge spoiler, but if you watch the trailer, they all kind of come up to the, quote, rim of the world. And they go, where is everybody? So rim of ev- the world is the name of the summer camp, by the way. Yeah, they're yeah. they're they're it's a bunch of kids. They go to summer camp. They have to give up their phone, which gets rid of the cell phone side and, of things. Which is really and funny because they all which had nobody like, did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they which all had did. like blackberries and stuff. Yeah. So I was like, where? Wait, what time period is this? And but and the hot chick current. at the desk going, just put it in my box. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, what? 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 Yeah, so that character that we're talking about, um, he was the funniest, in my yeah. opinion. He, yeah. He, just so funny. So many quotes from that. But what did you think? What did you guys think of it? Greg, I'll let you go first, because apparently you're the one who didn't like it. No, I enjoy. I thought it was entertaining. I just didn't think it was good. Like, it was ve- it was very entertaining. Oh, okay. But, like, you... Here, okay. Yeah, so, no, it's, it's, all, it is not going, a good movie. It is, okay. but it is a. No, fun see, I thought you guys were like it was awesome. No, it was. No, it was, oh, no, no, no. It was entertaining. I would watch it again. I would tell all of you guys out there to watch it. Mm-hmm. It was a go, super fun movie. Go into it thinking of it not like a serious movie. Think of it as that one dream you once had, where all of a sudden you were a complete badass action hero and you could do all the stuff you couldn't do in real life, and not think about the logic behind it. Because that's kind of the way you have to look at those. Because it was, I think, it is actually aimed at slightly younger audience. Yeah, I don't. I thought that was weird. I thought the demographic was odd on this one. So it's, I can it's, only it's assume TV. So it's TV 14. So it's definitely for like a young adult thing. And if you look at it that way, then all of the, the quote unquote plot holes or annoying little sequences in there go away. And you're like, Oh, okay. There's yeah, it's for that. Like well, the like, inexplicable like dance sequence. I mean, like, eh. Oh, <laughs> the Adidas commercial. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, I kind of view this as uh, if I were 12, 13 years old and I was having friends over, yeah, this would be good, uh, you know, really entertaining to watch. Yeah, definitely. It, it's definitely not for younger kids. It It's scary at parts. Um, not, not to me, but to 11, 12-year-old me. Yeah, there were parts where people were broken and twisted. 
um, from getting killed by aliens. Um, so I wouldn't recommend it for that audience. But yeah. it's it's kind of the dream I think we all had when we were that age that where sleepaway camps actually existed, you know, and we were going to do something great. Like we were going to, you know, fight Jason Voorhees. We were going to save the world. Something happened. We were going to meet the love of our life there. That's that took me back. So so basically did any just, of you guys do sleepaway camp? I did not. I, did I not. went no, I went to a summer camp at the University of Virginia where I I stayed there for like 2 weeks and I went to classes and stuff like that, but not in the woods. Gotcha. Although I always wanted to. I used to watch a series called Bug Juice. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I, I actually just, remember you talking about that more than I remember it. Yeah, I wish I was in that position when I was that age. So so basically in a nutshell, this movie is this group of kids, these four kids end up at this camp, Rim of the World, and while they're there, the world is invaded by aliens. The aliens set off EMPs that prevent all electronics from working, and the kids end up with the location data of the mothership that the satellites need to be able to shoot the mothership out of the sky, and they have to get it to the NASA, what is it, JPL? The yeah. NASA laboratory where they can upload yeah. the data so that the satellites can target the mothership. And the whole movie is them trying to get that data to the JPL. And it starts out in the summer camp and then moves over to the to the JPL. Or through like Los Angeles or something like that. Right. Right. Because they're and like through, uh, very vividly right through the Universal Studios backlot where they filmed Back to the Future. Because hmm. yes. you could very clearly see the clock tower in one of the shots. Oh, and, I missed it. I missed it. I got to watch it again. Uh. Yeah, I forget exactly what shot it was. It was a little later in the movie. Um, also, the dam that they're at, uh, mm-hmm. that is from Escape from New York. Nice. So yeah. there were there were a lot of scenes in this movie. I, I think we should just hit on some of the scenes that like stood out to us because there there were a couple that I that I was just like, oh my god, oh my god. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was there was the um, the Jurassic Park nod. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely in the uh, like kitchen of the summer camp. Yeah, Kitchen of the Summer Camp with the Ghostbusters dog. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Every time I see that thing, I think it looks like the dog from Ghostbusters. I'm like, what? Yeah, definitely does. Then, of course, the scene that I think think Greg put on here, the the fecal suicide. Oh, no, I put that on there. Oh, you put that on there? Yeah. So (laughs) at at one point, the kids um, escape to the, like, porta potty I couldn't do it. Oh. mm. Greg's like, kill me. (laughs) I'd be dead. So I'm, the, I'm not the, exaggerating for the sake of the show. When yeah. the scene happened, I, I had to pause the movie and take a shower when it was over. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, so that scene, the kids are being stalked by this little like Ghostbusters monster dog. Who's like a pet of the alien. Who's well, actually, no, they were being stalked by the actual alien. Oh, okay. So they're like, it's outside. We're going to die here. So let's, um, let's jump into the poop pit. Yeah, they, they, it's one of those like outhouses where you can't actually have in Florida because you can't dig far enough down. Mm-hmm. But their outhouse is set up on a like a, a six foot deep hole or uh, something. Yeah, I've been one in New Mexico, so I yeah, uh, yeah. It that's a thing, guys. That's an actual thing. So they an- jump another down. home tip: if you want to save money on your water bill, you can do that in your own backyard. Yeah, just dig a big old hole and poop in it. Yeah, there you go. So they jump down and it's just oh, once they splash and there's look, there's a bunch of turds floating around in there and the kid, the, the kid falls. Yeah, yeah. He, he falls like butt first into it. And I just, oh, God, I understand why you wanted to take a shower. But the funniest part of that is where uh, previously in the film, there is a camp counselor named Conrad <laughs> who looks like a member of Motley Crue. Yes, and the does. camp counselors are so great in this movie too. They were not, so and funny. Again, not set in the eighties. mind you. It wasn't. Yeah. Right. But Con- <laughs> oh, man. they jump down there and they're, they're like kind of safe for a minute. And then Conrad stumbles in. He's like super hungover and he's, he starts peeing and they're like Conrad, Conrad, but he's so hungover. And he's just like standing there peeing on the kids and he's dry heaving. And I lost it. I mean, I, that was, it appealed to the 12 and year old me, you know, so much. Mm-hmm. It was so mm-hmm. funny. Um, the, the other camp counselors, they were like these two, two, two 80s stereotypical, uh, black guys, having black guys. Yeah. 
And yeah. So they were sitting there talking and um, he was like, like, yeah, the guy was like, why are we talking like black guys in the 80s movie? And the, uh, the other counselor was like, because they want us to talk like that. The other guy says, yeah, preach it, preach it. <laughs> they were talking about how Toy Story was a racial was a uh, racial movie because the toys represented, you know, black people and. The kids were 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 the white people, and every time they were around, they had to play like how the kids wanted. Yeah, but don't, but don't talk shit about Finding Nemo. Yeah, you better not say Which, shit about Finding Nemo. Yeah, and the guy, he, he uh, when they first meet one of the camp counselors, he's like, "Oh, this is a black people handshake. You can't do that because you're white." And then when <laughs> he usually gets it later in the movie. <laughs> yeah. When Alex, you know, the character meets the guy at registration, he goes to do the handshake. And Alex goes, I, I can't do that. You told me not to because I'm not black. I, I just, and he's like, that's very good. I was just testing you. <laughs> so like, what? That was super funny. Um, you know, I, I, I just, I, I dug it. I thought it was pretty cute. Um, how each of the characters had their own inadequacies that you mm-hmm. found out later in the film. There's, you know, in, in the coming together, these, these kind of buddy movies, everyone's got their own fear that they need to overcome. And that happens with the characters in the film. Yeah. For, for as little as the character development was in like some of the new animals and pets, for example, there's a lot of character development in this movie, which is interesting because they, it happened while they were on the run. Yeah. So you learned about the the Chinese girl, you know, what what she'd wanted and she didn't even speak for the first 15 20 minutes that she was yeah. on. <laughs> That's right. She started with a quote from Gladiator. Yes. <laughs> that was great. And the, middle finger, and the middle finger thing at the checkpoint was great too. Yeah. Yeah, and that was a very like adult oriented scene mm-hmm. because she arrives at the at customs with this like older like the he looked like shaggy from scooby-doo mm-hmm. he hated and the guy's like wait what's your relationship again and he's like oh it, you know i'm her uncle you can kind of see it in her eyes you my know. sister-in-law yeah so yeah. um there were that was one of the things i kind of had a problem with were the, the character no or? there were some like really adult i think topics there that made me question like how old the kids were like people like embezzling money from a business or sending them away to go. Or like the three, you know, male kids who were like, Oh, you know, they had to all sleep in one room and they're like, Oh, are you going to get some or, you know, something And I was like, Oh, that makes me weird. I've never that had sex. Well, wait a minute. No, what, what I mean is I've never had sex with two girls at the same time, but I'm like, <laughs> you're like 11. Yeah. Well, again, that's the Mick G. That's the that's, that's the video director. That's, that's a very Mick G. Charlie's thing, Angels. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, is that one of the the problems you had with it, Greg? Uh, a little bit of that. See, um, I thought that was funny. I had a little bit of this. I had a little bit of problem with the stuff they did to make it be like, oh, this is cool. Like the dance sequence was a big one. I was like, this is stupid, and I didn't. I don't like it in eighties movies either. Uh, the other thing was they find this badass car, and it's like the one car they find out that can work, and they're doing donuts in the parking lot. No, they would just get out of there. Like, I know it's like, oh, this is cool, but it reminds you you're watching a movie. Right. But Yeah, definitely. But that being said, I definitely see all of the callbacks to, like, the 80s-style movie. I know it's not set in the 80s, but it definitely has an 80s feel to it. And a lot of that, even by your own admission right there, where you're saying you didn't like the dance sequence, you know, you didn't even like it when they did it in the 80s movies, but they did it in the 80s movies. And that's why I understand why it's in. So it it does have a very 80s feel to it, even though it's not set in the 80s. Yeah, there's stuff like that. The one thing you also have to weigh on this with this movie is that they are trying to make a big movie, like a big world, a worldwide attack with one tenth of the budget that they would have for, you know, just a small budget sci-fi movie. So you definitely have to weigh that. Yeah. And for that, I thought the compositing was really good. I thought the effects Mm -hmm. were good. I thought the character design of, uh, the CG, you know, aliens Mm -hmm. was pretty damn good. There were some questionable scenes like with green screen footage, um, especially when, uh, not trying to spoil it too much, but towards the end of the movie, three of the characters standing against a backdrop, and it was very 
obvious that it was like green screen yeah. or where one of the characters he's standing like amongst fire and you're like no you'd you'd be dead by now there's a little bit of ending of editing issues on this too that kind of pulled me out like there was a very long sequence between them activating the satellites and what actually happens where they cut away to other things and i and i thought like oh okay they just don't have the budget to show it and kind of like zoned out and went back to my notes and whatever and then oh there it is like there's the explosion in the sky kind of thing yeah no i i know the exact scene you're talking about where the characters has to <clears throat> position a satellite mm -hmm. and he doesn't is that the one you're talking about well they they finally succeed and they show the satellites like zeroing in on this thing and they cut to like multiple other scenes before you actually see the explosion in the sky okay so they cut to them celebrating i forget exactly what happens after that but it was uh it was a little jarring and that that's not you know my biggest complaint my biggest complaint is that you really have to look at it through the eyes of the fact that this is a sci-fi movie made for a younger audience and not to take it so seriously yeah it is but not too young yeah yeah and see i uh, young maybe, maybe it's just me but i did i did not have a problem i did not have a problem with that just just from the feel of the movie uh, while i was watching it I knew it wasn't like a serious, serious movie just for, just from the general overall feeling that I got from it. just from, from the word go, it wasn't a, you know, a big budget sci-fi film. So I, you know, I mean, you kind of, you kind of have to temper your expectations. Yeah. Yeah. And I had to do that uh, a couple of times throughout the movie um, where I would kind of go in one direction and be like, Oh, this is, Oh, oh wait, no, no, it's not that, you know, but for what it was, it was great. Yeah, really good. Um, if you're a fan of um, shitty music videos or, you know. Um, or Terminator Salvation, which I actually did like. That was okay. Yeah. I guess that, that was also directed by Mick G. Um, but if you're a fan of, of Stranger Things and, you know, um, Goonies, Goonies. kind of kind of buddy movies, then you, you'll probably dig it. It's It's definitely worth the hour and like 40 minutes. I think that it was, so it was fun. Guys, that brings us to our question of the week. What are your favorite movies that center around summer camps? I, I will. I, I think we're going to have several of the same ones. In, but that's fine. I'll go ahead and go first. My number five is going to be Adam's Family Values. I think the Thanksgiving scene was absolutely hilarious, so you should check it out. Number four, Space Camp. While not set in the woods or anything, it's still a summer camp movie. Number three, Ernest Goes to Camp. Number two, Sleepaway Camp. And number one, I'd be remiss if I didn't say it, Friday the 13th. You've had Jason Voorhees on the brain three times. I have. Today. Yeah. It's too bad Wayne's World wasn't set in a summer camp. Rob, do you think we should that he knows that little thing we're going to do with the machete? We're going to murder him? Shh. Oh, sorry. You What? I got a machete for And you're going to murder me. Maybe. Okay. Well, the internet's going to hear about this. It, it, it might be. Okay. I'm fine I'm with Greg. I'm open to bribes. <laughs> Greg, you want to go next? I don't because I'm still organizing my list as okay. I was at Disney all, all evening. I'll, I'll go ahead and go then. Um, at number five, I'm going to put the grandfather of all summer camp movies. The, the one that, that kind of started the genre, if you will. Uh, and I'm going to put Meatballs. Ah, nice. Bill Murray movie. At number four, I'm going to put Wet Hot American Summer. Very funny. Completely inappropriate. Very enjoyable. Mm -hmm. At number three, not really a a outdoor camp camp movie, but I think it still qualifies. And Jimmy had it on his list anyway, so I'm going to put Space Camp at number three. Nice. At number two, I'm going to put Friday the 13th. Definitely a summer camp movie. Definitely a new twist on the summer camp movie. Mm -hmm. And at number one... Because you know I like the goofy-ass movies. I've got Ernest Goes to Camp. Oh, hell yes. The, the turtles, the parachuting turtles, man. <laughs> yes. Oh, so good. That That is a, a it's classic. Interesting. It's interesting, oh. the overlap here. Yeah. Well, there, there's not a... I, I was surprised that there weren't... There's not as many as I thought there would when mm -hmm. I was when I was looking up movies. Yeah. Um, but I have That's seen... That's okay. All of I you guys can go out there and watch all of these in like a week. Yeah. So my number five is Rob's number one. Ernest goes to camp. 
A lot of these I haven't seen in, a, in years. I think I saw that one in the theater the last mm-hmm. time. God, word. Uh, Ernest Goes to Camp is my yep. number five. Number four, Adam's Family Values. I also saw that one in the theater. On, I think I did, At a friend's too. birthday party. Uh, number three is the one that is different from you guys, and that is um, Moonlight Kingdom. Okay. Or Moonrise Kingdom, sorry. I wrote mm-hmm. Moonlight, but it's Moonrise. Moonrise Kingdom. Uh, that is a Wes Anderson movie. I usually find that his stuff is more stylistic than entertaining at times but this one actually was very entertaining and in going back to uh last week's topic this is a movie where the dog dies but it's a good movie you bastard i'm sorry just so you know if you decide to watch it thinking it's a good time movie anyway uh number two friday the 13th and number one wet hot american summer got insane cast if you haven't seen that movie it's hilarious but it it brought us amy poehler bradley cooper elizabeth banks paul rudd Mm -hmm. like and I will say this, that I think the, fir- the first time I ever saw it was at the NZN, which we've talked about. This outdoor theater, like mm-hmm. a $5 picture night with just a huge group of people. And they apparently this movie has a cult following where they brought props and stuff like that. Like there were people nice. dressed up as counselors. There was kind of like there? going to see the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yes. Mm-hmm. Where, I thought you were there, Rob. I went with somebody. but I, I may have been. I don't remember <laughs> where it was that I saw it. But, $5 yeah. pictures. I mean, I wish they still did that outdoor movie thing. They would yeah. do this big inflatable screen. It was just so much fun. Yeah, they do it in, like, Winter Park now. Yeah, Park Avenue and, like, the big park, mm-hmm. I think. But nice. Well, that takes us through our Give Me Five question. Of course, feel free to chime in on your own or any of our social media channels, which we'll give you guys in a bit. But oh. I've got some anger. Let it out, And dude. I've also got a slightly shorter uh, rant uh, okay. opening. I got something to say. Just- is a man just turned off <laughs> i was like really? wow that is short <laughs> that's weird uh, one moment i don't want to have to edit it in that's why i okay sure. you're cool and difficult and yeah i've got some anger and i also have a slightly shorter opening musical number all right let it out man i got something to say you know what really grinds my gears here's a man who would not take it anymore There you go. And before you go, uh, guys, that track is Samurai Cyberpunk from Shredder 1984. Check him out. Shredder 1984, something that does not get me angry, something that makes me happy. But this is a short one, and as you guys know, I went to see two children's movies this weekend, and I'm going to talk about the trailers. All right. And I know movie theaters need to play trailers to get more people to come see more movies so they can make more money. I get it. And I'll be honest, I happen to like trailers. I you know I make sure I'm there at the movie early for trailers. However, my movies had two different sequences because the Pets movie, since it was not actually out yet, it had no trailers. The movie, the lights went down, the movie started, the kids were happy. Aladdin had over 30 minutes of trailers for a kid's movie. Ooh. There was not a single kid in that theater that was sitting still by the end of it, and that's not the kid's fault. The mm-hmm. parents rushed them in. Usually you you stick some snacks in front of the kid. They're going to be happy throughout the movie, but most of the snacks were gone by the end of the trailers. So we rushed in to see this movie and then had to deal with 30 minutes of commercials. Most of those commercials were movie were for movies that if you are already seeing Aladdin you're going to probably be bringing your kid to see this movie. There's not a person seeing Aladdin that doesn't know there's a a live, quote unquote, live action Lion King movie coming out or a, or Toy Story 4. We know. Everybody knows. You need to kind of tone back the, the trailer. So on certain movies, because if you're bringing a kid to it, they're going to get antsy for the end. Cause I think Aladdin was pretty long too, right? Rob? Uh, not terribly. It was, I mean, I thought it was around two hours. I, I thought it was under. But okay, I, well, I might be wrong, but it seems like over two hours when you've got 30 minutes of trailers and yeah. you have to deal with, with that. So we know you're going to get your summer thing, your summer filmmaker, Coca-Cola commercials, all that stuff. Cut back on the trailers or make them shorter. Come on. That's all I got to say. Rob, get back to... No, wait. Jimmy just... Sorry. Yeah. Oh, no. Jimmy? Jimmy? He fell asleep. No, I'm here. That brings us to the end of our episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. 
um, we have so many new subscribers and so many new listeners. I, I can't thank you guys enough from all of us here at the Give Me Five Studios. You can find us on Facebook by searching for the Give Me Five podcast. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Give Me Five Pod or email us directly if you're, you know, a little bit bashful and you have questions at Give Me Five Podcast at gmail.com. The five is spelled out F I V. And if you guys could, you know, I've seen a couple of new ones here on iTunes. If you could, uh, you know, leave us a review on iTunes or whatever podcast app you're listening to. We'd really appreciate it. And we have a store. Great. Tell them about it. Yeah, we do. We have we do t-shirts and uh, what's in there? Stickers, uh, cell phone cases. Give me five podcast.threadless.com. Really cool stuff. And you can get our really awesome logo that people seem to really flip over. They People really like it. Yeah, so. it's really good. Yes. Yeah, so check it out. Don't fall asleep or else we'll mutilate your genitals wow that is not our end tagline i'm sorry what the other the other tagline you're you're reading the wrong notes oh okay i'm sorry i was reading dog fashion disco lyrics oh uh, fair enough yeah so guys good morning good night wait what <laughs> Who did DJ Khaled play in this movie? DJ Khaled!